1: We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our 8 kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following. Welcome everybody to the podcast. We're so glad you're here with us.
1: Mm -hmm. If you guys are watching on Rumble, you'll get to see Xander because he's with us today.
0: Yeah, so you might hear him in the background. He's such a good baby though. We are so blessed.
1: Yeah, we're shooting at night and he usually, um, in order for him to sleep for a good portion of the night, I let him stay up a little bit right now. So he's in here with us while all of our other kids are back in the house, sleeping and we're yeah. in the studio. <laughs>
0: well, welcome to the podcast and continuing the journey with us to impact 1 million legacies. You're an important part of that. We thank you so much. Mm-hmm. As always, the show notes are and everything are at courageousparenting.com. Get on our email list. That's important. You never know where social media is going. And the title today is a hidden parenting problem that will affect where you live. And this was spurred on, this idea was spurred on by my barber
1: That's right. You went and got (laughs) your haircut.
0: Yeah, it's good to get. And then we had an awesome conversation
1: based upon the conversation you had with him. We'll get into that in a minute.
0: Yeah, totally. So we appreciate you all. Mm -hmm. Um, What's really important, though, is that you go listen to the Strategic Relocation podcast if Mm -hmm. you haven't already, even if you're not planning to relocate. That one did so well, didn't it, honey?
1: Well, okay, so this is episode 92 and the topic that we have today, a hidden parenting problem that will affect where you live. The reason why we are going into this is because a lot of people have listened to the strategic relocation podcast. That is now our number one podcast. Yeah. What did it used to be? It used to be overcoming anger or something like that.
0: Yeah. Oh, it way past that. I mean, right. it's the most listened to episode.
1: Yes. So because it's the most listened to episode, we obviously get a lot of messages from people who are asking not just about where we live, but also about other conservative states. Um, and you know, there's a a very common conversation that is happening among people, which is okay. But with the mass exodus, we were part of the pre mass exodus, but right now there's a mass exodus where people have been leaving more liberal states. Right. Um, we left Oregon, For example a lot of people are leaving the pacific northwest and moving to more conservative red states but they're concerned and the conversation is that they're concerned that the state might change because a lot of people are moving from california oregon and washington and they don't know what that's going to make the political climate look like down the road
0: yeah, and so we get people asking us, wow, are there people moving there that want to change everything, right. like from California and so forth? And so far, we've met so many wonderful Californians mm-hmm. that have moved here that are a very conservative and yes. new neighbors and wonderful yeah. people, and we're just really enjoying it. And so, so far, we're like, wow, a lot of like- it seems mindedness. like yeah. like-minded people are the ones moving mm-hmm. from all over to Idaho. You yes. might be experiencing that or something different where you live. I don't know. Uh, and I know people are listening from all around the world, so mm-hmm. it's not just the United States here Um, but I was sitting with my barber and my barber I don't know how old he is but he's definitely a college student and so he's young and I was just talking about how we were talking about how everything's growing so fast here and how everything's changed from his childhood completely because there's so many more people here and I said oh yeah but you know it's conservatives moving here because it's Idaho I mean if you're not a conservative you wouldn't really want to be in Idaho Mm -hmm. and he goes I agree but I have a different take on it Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, well, I'm really curious about your take. Right. Generations need to get each other's takes, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're in different circles, yep. in different age groups and so forth. So this was really valuable. And he said, well, yes, that parents are conservatives. And mm-hmm. the kids I grew up with are conservatives. But the people that are coming in, the parents that are conservatives, their kids are definitely not
1: so this is an interesting conversation because yeah. when Isaac brought this up, I was like, wow, that is so true. Just think about it. For example, there are a bunch of different issues that are being pushed to be taught in schools, in public schools, right? Yeah. So a lot of people during this whole COVID thing started homeschooling, some for the first time, but their kids had been public educated their entire lives up to that point, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then they were, they were brought home to do school at home, which I would say is different than homeschooling, right? Um, and I think a lot of parents realized, wow, I had no idea the extent of what my kids were being taught that I disagreed with. And then a lot of those people decided not to put their kids back in public education if and when it opened, okay? Right. Um, and to try maybe Christian schools, try homeschooling, trying other options. A lot of parents are standing up. They're speaking at school board meetings, which is super, super important. Um, Still advocating for getting involved in local um, government and your local schools. I think that that is one of the biggest ways that we all need to be impacting, regardless of if we have our kids, our kids in the school or not, right? Yeah. Um, However it is true that the majority of these kids that are moving when their parents realize what's going on and maybe they get fed up with what's going on in their state and they change they mm-hmm. move to a different state they bring with them their 8 year old 13 year old 17 year old child that has actually been educated with a completely different paradigm and and worldview. and it may not be conservative may not be Biblical. Mm -hmm. And now when I say both of those things, just because you're a conservative doesn't mean you're a Christian, and just because you're a Christian doesn't necessarily mean that you agree with all conservative agendas, issues, whatever. But it's important for us to recognize that this next generation, what we're talking about is this younger generation, all of the children, Mm -hmm. what have they been taught? What have they been taught on all of the different issues? And I think that there is an element of massive, um, well, there's definitely truth to what the barber was telling you Mm -hmm. that we need to be aware of when it comes to raising our own children, because sometimes it's easy for us to go, oh, they homeschool and put our guard down. Yeah, and go, oh, they're like-minded, they're believers, they go to that church, they homeschool, we put our guard down a little bit, but the reality is, is we need to realize that they may be homeschooling for the first time. Bless you, Xander. (laughs) And so that's a really important thing for us to recognize that if we're having our kids spend time and grow in deep biblical friendship with other people, yeah. We want to make sure, especially with our children, that there is a like-mindedness, that they're not going to be getting swayed in things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just going to take a little bit more work.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's such a good point, Angie. And, you know, the families we've gotten to know, actually their kids are fantastic. Yeah. And so this isn't an absolute. Obviously, this is a college student sharing something with me. But it does make logical sense that a high percentage very well could be Uh, because they were going to public schools and swayed and busy parents and maybe not as intentional as they should have been.
1: And then they move here and things are open and they're a little bit, they're like, oh, they're more like-minded. They put them in a bunch of activities and they don't even, they think, okay, our life is back to normal now. And they maybe aren't as intentional with correcting what they've been, their kids have been educated with to that point we're actually. not even
0: really aware they right. don't fully aware yes. how their kids paradigm mm-hmm. the way they look at the world is vastly different than their own and it's not a biblical worldview so in john uh let's see here first john sorry first john 2 15 do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him isn't that really what it is right it's it's loving the world too much
1: what they've had cultivated in them by being around other young children who also were being raised worldly yeah right and there's this common worldliness right loving the things of the flesh mm-hmm. um, desiring the things of the flesh whether that's sinfulness right because there are sinful things that are fleshly but then there's also things that are just not eternal that sometimes kids get focused on and and the bible is very clear that you can't have two gods. You can't love you can't love and serve god as your god and also love money or things, right?
0: So why are we talking about this? Because really the next generation in the way your country goes, your state goes, mm-hmm. your local community goes largely is a parenting problem. Yes. It is a una- be- parents being unaware of mm-hmm. the purposeful and deep influence that media and all, all everything around them is having
1: yeah it's not even just in the education system like you said and we will get into like yeah it's some of the places that you need to really focus on in a minute but the the truth is is we need to realize that there's a battle waging for our, the souls of our kids hearts yeah that there is a target on their back and the enemy's prowling around like a lion ready to devour um and we need to equip our kids
0: we do. And so this is a wake up call. Now, maybe you have just littles at home or you're about to have your first. Hey, this isn't fear based. We do not believe in fear based parenting. Mm-hmm. So we get intense. We talk about real issues, but it's not from a place of fear.
1: No, you know, realistic. there's good news. Yeah. We don't have
0: to fear anything because we have God. Mm-hmm. But it is concerning if your kids don't actually know God.
1: That's true. and. Can I just say, so you brought up fear-based parenting, there's a difference between fear-based parenting and talking about negative things, right? Sometimes people go so far as to think, oh man, it's just so heavy, and we need to be lighthearted and just trust God. And and I do think we do, we, we need to trust the Lord. Yeah. That's not. We have no argument with that. That is 100% we need to trust the Lord, but that doesn't mean that we don't take action. God's Word also commands parents to teach their children. And so if we're not teaching our children and saying, I'm just going to trust God, there's a problem. Because we, we sow and we reap. Yeah. And it's also a spiritual law that applies to parenting. Um, and we need to realize that we have a big responsibility. At the end of the day, we are going to answer to the Lord for the things that we allow our kids to be influenced by, just as much as what we influence them with ourselves.
0: So what we want our kids to do is what it says in the book of John, This is such a great scripture, John 15, 4. In fact, I used to have part of this scripture as at the end of my emails, no branch can bear fruit by itself. Mm -hmm. So good, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, Mm -hmm. neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Mm. For without me, you can do nothing. But so many kids are being raised with this confidence, I can do anything Mm -hmm. without God. They might have this convenient belief in God, but they also have some areas that the world is influencing against what the Bible says about things. Right. And they go, well, there's some gray area there
1: and here's a gray area. So a kid that maybe is a believer, right, and who who knows that God is the one who brings the increase if you will or God's the one that blesses, but they think, "Oh, if I just obey the principles in the Bible, then God will bless me." Have you heard that before? Kind of a prosperity gospel if I just do these things, then God will do this. Well, that's not how life works. That's not how relationship with God works. He's not a genie in a bottle. There's no equation. Life is hard sometimes. And we need to teach our children that it's what we do in those hard times that reveal our true faith. And the reality is, the kids today, if you move to a different location, and that's a hard thing for kids, Yeah. right? And they, well, sometimes, this is an important message, if you have moved or you're thinking about moving and you have children, you need to hear this. Kids really love friendships. Mm -hmm. Okay, they love friendships. And sometimes they love, they want friendships, new friendships, so badly that they might not stand up for truth. Then, over time, they might start just going, well, I really want to fit in so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that even though I don't think that that's wrong
0: in each moment they don't argue it and they're quiet pretty soon they believe it
1: that's right and so we need to realize that when we are inviting new friendships and we are moving to a new transitional place we need to prepare our children we need to have conversations with them we need to challenge them to be the light we need to challenge them to stand strong in who they are so that they have friendships with people who are like-minded if they change who they are and they change their beliefs and they don't have strong biblical convictions on things, like pro-life, for example, right? Even issues that a lot of times people say are political issues, but they're really spiritual issues. If we do not encourage our kids yeah. to stay who they are and true to their convictions and and they don't, they're actually going to be attracting the wrong kind of people. You will eventually attract the right kind of people. You need to be who you want, and you need to teach your kids to be true to who they are, and you need to help them.
0: Yeah, and it's so important to have good friends. Now, it's great if they're going to be lights, but as long as they're filled up and strong in biblical truth, and they have some friends who are also strong in biblical truth and going the same direction, then you have a foundation of strength and you can reach out to other people too. So. The next point we have is really respecting the challenge with your own kids, whether you're moving or not, and where you are, Mm -hmm. and respecting the challenge of normal Christian places that might be infiltrated with more nominal believers Mm -hmm. than usual. Mm -hmm. So we need to really respect that challenge. And some of the things that we had in our notes, practical things, are more than ever, when your kids spend time with other kids, you need to
1: know the parents
0: so important
1: yes this is a really big deal so a lot of times in the past and we've talked about this in our parenting mentor program we go into way more in depth on boundaries and and things that we've set that the things that oftentimes seem countercultural today but really now that we've been parenting for 21 years we look back at some of those hard decisions where it felt like we were swimming like salmon upstream right against the tide But we look back on those things and we're so, so glad that we had those boundaries and that we stuck to our conviction that we were using good discernment because... Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor, and yourself a favor, and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights, to be leaders for the next generation. We saw... People that we were at the time running the race beside who chose not to go that route and now their kids are struggling or they're living with regret. I
0: can think of times where a kid goes, hey, can I go over to so-and-so's house? My friend so-and-so is going to be there Mm -hmm. and then we're like, oh, who is that? We don't even know that family. Right, exactly. Yeah, but I'm going to be with my friend and then we'll be with other people and... Well, we don't know anything about that situation. And it's the
1: same thing with like driving in a car, right? Like once you start getting teenagers and kids are older and kids are driving, like you want to know the kids, you want to know if they're safe drivers. So it's really important that you communicate with your kids and you set a standard. And I'll tell you right now, this absolutely starts when your kids are young. Yeah. Because if you don't do this when they're young, it's going to be harder when they are teenagers to have some boundaries and go, no, you can't go over to their house. I don't know their parents. And your kids are like, what? You've never had a problem before. So you have to set this. the the boundaries actually need to be, I think what we've done is we are a little bit more strict and more protective of our kids when they're really young. Like Xander's age, this is where it's like, yeah, he needs mom, I have to do everything for him. Mm -hmm. And as they grow, he can start doing some things. Eventually he's gonna brush his teeth by himself, but after much training, right? And so, and then pretty soon, He'll be buying his own toothbrush and toothpaste and paying the dentist himself eventually, right? When he's an adult. And so there's this, um, there's a season for everything in parenting, but you have to do the right thing and have the boundaries and the protection and choosing your kids how to have discernment by utilizing discernment yourself as a parent and communicating with them when they're young so that when they get to be a little bit older, like the middle-aged children or their teenagers, and when they're teenagers, there isn't pushback. They so, understand
0: it. And you might wake up some other parents. You might get so involved yeah. in a relational, loving way with their family because your kid is becoming friends with mm-hmm. them or is wanting to do things with them or they're part of an event or sports or whatever, and you start to get to know them, and then you gently you pray about, God, how do you want us to influence this family? We see some things where the kids are maybe going down a road. It's not too late, and it's never too hearing late. hearing
1: things maybe from your hearing kids. Hearing things from your you know. kids.
0: I, Go out to on to dinner with that mm-hmm. those parents and go. Have you right. ever considered this or how 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 are things going? And so you, you just know. hit
1: on something that's super important. So we're talking about the importance of knowing the parents of the kids that your kids are hanging out with. There are many different ways that you can do that. Hospitality is always Huge. like our top number one thing. You wanna you wanna be able to get to know their whole family. You want to see the kids engaging with their siblings. You want to see their kids engaging with your kids. You want to see the parents engaging with their their own children. That is a huge way to get to know them, get to know their heart, and to be able to tell if there truly is like-mindedness. But what Isaac's talking about is also really important. When you do see things, you have to start out your relationship with being completely transparent and honest. As iron sharpens iron, and you, you don't want to talk about the stuff in front of your kids. So no. doing double dates is super important, but also just getting to know them as friends. Like that is truly like you want to have people that you're running the race with. And the best way to do that is to invest time in getting to know people. And
0: you can show humility. You can say, if you ever see something that my kids do or say that you think could be better,
1: please, come please to me.
0: Yes. tell me. And that's the kind of relationship I think is the most fruitful.
1: You have to lead it by stepping out that way. And yep.
0: that really opens the door to that to where, okay, it's both ways. Yeah. And that's really important. And they will probably tell you something. Mm-hmm. And you're going to take it and, with humility. And you're going to mm-hmm. talk as a married couple and figure out how to address it. But that, in that way, there's way more accountability. And you know what? If we all do this, think about how many more kids may not fall away from the Lord, and be productive citizens standing for biblical truth in their communities. Totally. This is a movement. You guys can help it, right, right, with that thing. So the next thing is you got to have open communication.
1: Right. With your kids. With your kids. Super. So this is something that if you're going to respect the challenge, then you're going to respect your kids enough to be able to be giving you intel as well, accurate intel as we like to call it. Um, and that's gonna require you also knowing your kids, but also investing time in them. So maybe you take your kids out for coffee. You have undivided time with them. You communicate with them. You let them know that you like hearing from them. You want to, you want to hear what they're discerning. Yeah. Here's a perfect example. So when we were, there was one time we were visiting a church a long time ago. This is, We weren't even living in Idaho. We were visiting a church and our kids wanted to meet friends. We don't normally do Sunday school, but we decided to put the kids in. We said, hey, guys, on the way to church, how many of you guys want to go to the Sunday school and see if you can meet any kids that you might want to be friends with? And so they were like, three or four of them were like, hey, I'll do that, yeah. And so they went into the Sunday school, and of course afterwards they were like not big into wanting to do Sunday school again. And we asked them like, were there any families that you wanted us to try to invite over for hospitality to get to know them? because you want to be friends with the kids. And I was really saddened by the response. So three of the kids in three different classes all said the same thing that the kids were disrespectful to either the teacher or they were not the kind of kids Mm. they'd want to hang out with. Listen to that communication. This coming from, I think at the time it was a six-year-old, eight-year-old, and Mm nine-year-old. You cannot underestimate or disrespect the discernment that even an eight-year-old can have. Yeah. And when you respect that in your child they will rise to the occasion to give you the correct discernment
0: and I just want you to know we don't teach our kids to look for perfection in people because nobody's perfect but we are looking for people that have fruit in their lives kids that have fruit that are showing progress towards you know Mm -hmm. being wanting to serve God and wanting to love God it's so it's so important so um, so open communication If you have a foundation of that with your kids, you're going to hear the right things and have good communication with them about people and different Mm -hmm. things, okay? Also, events. There's so many events, and if you're going to do events and your kids are going to go to events.
1: What kind of events? Let's give them some examples. Well,
0: anything around sports. Right. You've got to be there.
1: Yep. So, no, like, carpooling with people they don't know where they could be potentially. Here's an example. Um, one of our kids did sports with a Christian school years ago, yeah, and they did busing. So all the kids would get on a bus to go to the game together. But of course, they had iPhones and iPads, and they were there was no real supervision. And what do you do when you stick a whole bunch of teenage boys together, right? And so our Christian, son, yes, school
0: Christian kids. Yes,
1: and so our son, there were some things that he just did not want to ride in that bus. And um, I am really thankful that he discerned that, and he was honest with us. We had our doubts that it would be a good idea, but we did let him try it once. He had one friend that was like-minded that, you know, they could go two by two, kind of like the disciples. And and so they weren't part of that, but they heard what was going on to where he was like, I just don't, I don't want to do that. I want to meet them at the game. And so that was what we ended up having to do. And was it more work for us? Yes, it was more work for us. Was it? Hard for our son, yeah, because he didn't necessarily bond with the other players in the same kind of way, and that created some problems on the court actually. Yeah. But that is the cost. You have to do it. It is this. That's how important purity is. It's that's so how important. It's so
0: hard because you just want to go along and get along sometimes, but these days with the influences mm-hmm. on unintentional parents' kids, mm-hmm. they are getting swayed away. Their hearts are being gravitated towards the world and they can be in Christian schools or wherever. What we have seen in the last seven years, especially is people are so worldly and I'm so thankful that, um, that he didn't decide to befriend right. those people.
1: Another thing that might go underneath the, um, I don't know if you put it underneath events, but youth groups have events yeah, like, Ski retreats and camps and different things like that. Now, this is the thing that this can be a controversial topic among parents, just period. Do you do camps? Do you not do camps? Do you do youth group? Do you not do youth group? We get it. You guys pretty much know our stance on this. Again, we're not going to, this is not a podcast episode on youth groups. We do talk about it more in the Parenting Mentor Program. But the reality is, is that you cannot underestimate and just let your guard down if you do those things. They cannot be events or activities that you are utilizing to over delegate your responsibility as a parent, and they cannot. They 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 should they should only be additive. Is yeah. the point, and you need to be really really involved, and. I get it. It's just like when you meet another, like if you're a homeschool family, a lot of times other homeschool families will, they'll put their guard down with another homeschool family or whatever. But the reality is, is they may not even be Christian. Okay. And the same is true in the youth group. The kid, just because the kids grew up going to church or because they're in the youth group does not mean that they're saved. It does not mean that they love Jesus. It does not mean that they know what the Bible says about Christian living and they're trying to do that. And be obedient to God's word. It doesn't mean any of those things.
0: If most kids who are raised in Christian homes and call themselves Christians while they're in Christian homes are walking away from the faith at age 18, then we really need to be more vigilant and not let our guard down. doesn't mean we don't let our kids do things. That's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Our kids do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm your kids should do things your kids right. should you just be like you need
1: lights. to be more involved and yeah. you need to have better communication with them when they come back from these activities and spending time with other kids so that you can talk it out and discuss the differences in the beliefs between the kids and the reason why I'm bringing up youth group this is a big deal so we have had there we've had pastors even share with us that like just because the kids are there and the and the parents converted right right, they parents get saved and then they decide I'm going to take my family to church yeah, that does not mean the kids are saved. And the same goes for like if they're a different religion and they convert to Christianity. Yeah, that does not mean that their kids are saved. Now, let's talk about what the actual podcast is about. They've been educated or, or brought up in a different kind of political climate where they have tolerated sin. They have tolerated biblical sin. They maybe even agreed with it and wanted to support it. And then they move to a different state that's more conservative and on that issue let's say they go to a youth group Mm -hmm. and they're like what do you mean you're not you you're not you haven't tried that before or you you're not okay with that and i'm telling you you guys these issues are spiritual issues first and foremost they are not just political issues or current life issues we need to realize that The kids that are sitting in the youth groups the families that are moving Mm -hmm. from other states those kids have been raised in a different political climate and a different spiritual climate and a different educational climate and we need to communicate with our kids about that
0: and wow we need to protect our local community and in the state and we can have an influence. That's the exciting part of this is you and your kids can have a big influence, but we have to be vigilant about it. The shows that we allow our kids to watch, Mm -hmm. even at first that seem to be mild. I mean, everything is going the wrong direction. And there's the last 10 years, media has had a purposeful uh, intention to Steer culture in a certain direction about mm-hmm. issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Propaganda
0: for sure. Propaganda. Yes. And it's getting stronger and stronger. And so it does influence people. Also, heroes. You know, be careful what heroes your kids have, if any. In fact, I encourage them maybe not to have any heroes unless they're dead already because you already <laughs> know what has happened. Yeah. Okay. And the best hero is Jesus.
1: That's right. I mean, even thinking about like I, Isaac and I were talking about this particular topic of heroes. And I said, you know, even like Noah or David and Goliath, right? Like a lot of kids like the story of David and Goliath, but, and, and David was a man that God loved.
0: The man after his own heart.
1: That's right. However, did David sin? Should our kids look up to David's whole life and want to mimic his life? No. Should our kids want to mimic Solomon's life? No. However, there are things that they can learn from the mistakes that they made. There are the beautiful things that both David and Solomon share and teach, right? And so we can learn from them. God's word is sufficient, but we need to understand that the real only hero is Jesus.
0: And I think it's important to be able to appreciate certain things about people in the public and to understand what to take and what to not take, mm-hmm. what to subscribe to and what to go, you know what, that's not biblical and I don't like that thing yeah. they do, right. but I can appreciate the good things they do. I think that mm-hmm. is an important skill. Mm-hmm. So you got to teach your kids. First of all, you got to teach them accurate history because that's getting twisted uh, purposefully. Mm-hmm. Statues are being taken down. History books are being rewritten. Mm-hmm. You need to teach accurate history about where you live, which is super, super important. In James five nineteen through 20, it says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. That may be your kids that you have to do that with and you don't even realize it.
1: Right. Or maybe you need to equip your kids so that they can do that for others.
0: Or maybe it's parents that you befriend that you stir in them a realization they need to do that in their kids.
1: Right, exactly. And maybe it's all of the above.
0: So this is a a movement to share the gospel. This is exciting. So we need to be vigilant to protect our kids and vigilant to share the gospel and create change where we live. Otherwise, if we are the slowly cooked frogs as Christians, and if the church doesn't rise up, your state where you live is going to fall to more of these worldly ideas.
1: That's right. It's just going to be a generation away, as Ronald Reagan said, right? And the, the thing that we need to realize, though, is that it is taking intentional equipping of our children to raise confident, courageous kids in an uncertain world. That's what the whole mission of Courageous Parenting is about is we want to equip and encourage and inspire and and admonish and exhort and, and encourage again and uplift again and stir one another up to good works here as we are all on this road of parenting and realizing that we literally, we do need to be more activated in getting to know kids. Here's an example. When you get together with another family any family, family that maybe you just met or a family that you've known for a long time. Here's a question I wanna ask you. Do you look those kids of the other family in the eye and ask them questions? Do you actually know them?
0: Engage them, it's so important. Or
1: do you only talk to the adults? Do you only talk to the parents and only know the parents? Because like I was saying before regarding youth group, yeah, the parents could be saved, but the kids might not be. What is a more fruitful and important conversation? Who do you need to be building trust with and pouring into, right? Yeah. And it's important that you know who is hanging out with your kids because you cannot underestimate the power of peers. Oh,
0: peers. It's so, so influential. Now, you got to teach your kids about state and country rights. Do they know about that? Do they know what their rights are? Um, a great podcast episode that we did is number 76, Freedom of Speech and the Constitution. You will put it in the show notes at CourageousParenting.com under the blog post for this episode. But So it's easy for you. Or you could just on your app switch uh, to that. Mm-hmm. Also, When Civil Disobedience is Biblical, episode number 105. Those this are a couple a of really important, important
1: ones. One. And I, I just want to give a little bit more of a plug for the When Civil Disobedience mm-hmm. is Biblical. That's a two-part podcast because it's such a, there's so much information. And you guys, it's crucial that th- these are actually episodes that you can listen to with your kids. I would encourage you yes. to listen to with your children because we teach about God establishing governments. Okay. When I say governments, yes, plural, there are governments. And I'm not talking about our country, your country, that country over there. We're talking Although about the four did, governments. We're talking about the four governments that he established biblically, self-governance. Um, family, church, and state. And it's r- really, really important that you and your children understand that because we are all to steward them.
0: Which is the next thing along with this, which is you need to teach contemporary world problems. I use that title because that was a class I actually took once. But you're the teacher of that. It's right. You've got to teach what's going on in the world, what's going on locally, and the issues at hand, whether it's abortion, whether it's gender, whether it's... Um, You know politics elections natural
1: disasters communism um, cuba
0: the issue in cuba right now venezuela the issue in china the the china all the things china's doing it's horrible even teaching
1: your kids about the importance of um voting with your money that's a topic we've covered where we talk to the kids about different companies that we're not going to support anymore and you know there's just so many aspects of current issues right um, a lot of times we've, we've used that as Isaac will talk about this during our family meetings. You know, we always do Bible time within yeah. that time, but then we also communicate. We ask for prayer requests. And he also tries to give us an update on what is happening in the world. And just a snippet. Sometimes it does take about half an hour or longer because <laughs> kids are so interested and they're, they're asking a lot of questions. But you guys, this is where you're able to equip them with a biblical worldview and how to respond and what their perspective should be based upon scripture also. And so one of the greatest things about doing this when you're homeschooling, you guys, you, this can be something if you are passionate about it like Isaac and I are, it becomes a lot of information where you can, as your kids start getting older, they can start researching information and contributing to the discussion as well. Um, you can even have them do reports and they can get credit for it.
0: Who would have thought it, it's so important to teach the dangers of communism? Who would have thought how important that would be that is crucial right now and if you don't know the difference between socialism and communism you should look it up because socialism is the road to communism and that is what is being embraced right now in our country and many countries around the world and some are already there so capitalism i like to teach the positives of capitalism now is capitalism perfect no it's okay to teach them that too Mm -hmm. if you want your kids to respect and love you never say capitalism is perfect or something absolute like that you can say absolute things about the word of god and about god himself but anything in the the world isn't absolutely good there are evils with capitalism and it's good to teach that too but overall it is way better than socialism or communism and to teach those things is important you got to teach um your kids all things about the world, all things about the biblical response to that. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to do that. You know, 4th of July just happened, and I decided instead of talking about all these awesome people that signed the Declaration of Independence, which I did talk a little bit about that, but I decided to teach them about John Dickinson. And why I decided to do that is he was a believer and he didn't sign the Declaration of Independence because he believed reconciliation was possible with the king.
1: What was his um, his religious background?
0: He was a Quaker, okay, and but he believed in God. He yeah. believed, I believe, mm-hmm. I think, in the Bible. I'm not quite sure what Quakers believe, but but he was a believer, as far as I read, and he wanted reco- reconciliation, and he feared the word "fear" was in there a fight from allied. Uh, countries. And so he was operating from a framework of fear. He was more of a pacifist in this way. And you can see how important signing the Declaration of Independence was. And you can listen all about that in our episode 76, like I said. But he was one that was passive. And it's important to teach your kids not just about the people who did it right, but the people in history who were wrong. Because all around us right now, are Christian pacifists. That's right. There's so many out there.
1: So many that are not gathering in churches. And if that's you and you you take offense to what I just said, show me where in the Bible it's okay for us not to be meeting for this long. There is no place. Jesus went to those who were suffering and who were sick. He didn't hide from them. And we are to follow Jesus' example. Your
0: kids are going to have way more, and more bigger challenges in the future, reasons to not go to church. They need to be seeing you go to church no matter what Right. Uh, with these smaller challenges. I say smaller because in comparison to what your kids are going to deal with in 10 years, right. it is smaller.
1: Right. So, I mean, you can listen again. More on that on the civil disobedience it, well we biblical. we hope
0: this is helpful a hidden parenting problem that will affect where you live and what is that again? Mm-hmm. That is that the migration to more conservative states or places in the in the world um, are bringing conservative minded parents perhaps, but, but not, the kids, the trend is they're not as conservative because They're not been as educated biblical. differently biblical they they're work. not is yeah. following God in the same way they're more, nominal in their taking their position on the hard topics today that we need Mm -hmm. to take a position on
1: right so I I guess you know it's interesting you said something about when you were talking about John Dickinson just before we wrap up I think this is very very important you mentioned that he was a pacifist
0: well it doesn't the history doesn't read that he's a pacifist he actually was in the military and things there's a lot of great things about him actually Mm -hmm. but I believe that was a pacifist stance on that particular issue
1: okay So I think that it's important that people hear that, but then they also evaluate in their mind what they think a peacemaker is compared to what a pacifist is. Because a lot of times people will say, oh, I'm just a peacemaker, or they'll say, I just want to be a peacemaker. But in reality what they're doing is being passive that's the word i should have used he's feasible. not a
0: passivist. he was right. being passive he was being yes.
1: passive and so i think that you know when we're when we're talking about this and we're talking about the the verb the action verb we need to evaluate are we being passive with our kids yeah are we being intentional with our kids are we calling it being a peacemaker? By not standing up and talking to the parents next door about how their kids are doing X, Y, and Z on the computer or whatever. And calling it peacemaking when in reality it's passive.
0: You absolutely, I know we've promoted a lot of podcasts in this episode, but you absolutely have to go... Listen to Blessed Be the Peacemakers, where I interview Dr. Steve Mm -hmm. Crane. He's a pastor, and he gave an amazing message. He did. They go over the Sermon
1: on the Mount and the Beatitude of Blessed Are the Peacemakers, one of the things that is the most misunderstood um, in the Sermon on the Mount. And he really gets into diving into Scripture and what it means to be a peacemaker, which a lot of people mistake.
0: Yeah. So thanks for joining us. We hope this was helpful.
1: See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line, where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.